It's uh, so, so important. Uh, I have a new uh, series that I want to go through uh, here uh, for the next few weeks. I want to go to uh, Galatians chapter 3, Galatians 3 verse It says that, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. We're talking about the promise of God. Romans 5 verse 16 And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, but the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came resulted in justification. Justification frees us and gets us into the promise of God that God has given to every child of God. And I want to go to Genesis chapter 12. Beginning from verse 1 and 2. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. You shall be a blessing. In that same scripture, do we have amplified? Okay, the same scripture it says, now, in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favor. God will bless you with abundant increase of favor. And the scripture says, if you are Abraham's seed, 
then you are an heir to the promise. That's the promise of Abraham. And that promise is as you go from your father's house, you know what father's house we're talking about? You were in Satan's camp, right? <laughs> and the Bible says, to those who are not of Christ, you are of your father, the devil. God says, come out from that place to a place that I'm going to show you up there. But before you get to that land, I will make you a blessing. Amen? An abundance of favor will follow you all the days of your life. Every single day of your life. This is the promise of Abraham for every child of God. For every child of God, this is your promise. When we, say, when we read these scriptures, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then you go, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. This is the abundance of favor. Every single day of your life, that's how you enter into Abraham's blessing. Every single day of your life, this blessing of Abraham goes with you until you see him face to face. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup runs over. Every time Jesus anoints you with the Holy Spirit, at that time, your cup is running over. Not going to, it's running over. You just don't recognize it. It's already running over. And God has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. God has prepared that table before you in the presence of your enemies. Let me talk something, let me say something again about the promise, okay? Remember the Bible talks about in 2 Peter chapter 1 that God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises and that by these promises you might partake of his divine nature. You know what God called Abraham? My friend. That's your friend. You partake of his divine nature. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise, what we're talking about? The promise. The promise of Abraham, if you are Abraham's seed, you are therefore an heir to the promise which God gave to Abraham. I will bless you with abundance of favor. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to, to grace, so that the promise which might be sure, that the promise might be what? Sure to all the seed, everyone. 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 God is not a respecter of persons. Everyone. He said God wants the promise to be sure to everyone. It's a sure promise for you. 
by faith. That's what he's saying here. Therefore, it is of faith, not of works. In other words, it's not because I am pastor. It's not because it's good to be in church. Not because of that. It's of faith so that the promise is sure. So God wants to make sure this promise of Abraham is sure for everyone. Everyone. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, every single seed, and you are a seed of Abraham according to the promise. God wants to assure you of the promise of his blessings upon your life, abundance of favor. Not only to those who are under the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. That's every one of us. What promise is he talking about? The promise that God gave Abraham. You know, today as I was preparing to come to the service, this is not my message, but I want to really let you know this. As I was coming to the church, and God was reminding me that he said to Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. God himself is your reward. That was his promise. I, God, me, I am God. I am your reward. So he blesses you. Let your expectation be from him. Never give up. Never. No matter what you're going through, if you entertain discouragement, the enemy's got you. No matter what's going on, remember what the scripture says. This God wants his promise in your life to be sure, and it doesn't say you have to be a pastor for his promise to be sure. Just be a believer. Somebody who has accepted Christ into his heart. You don't have to be perfect. He wants his promise sure. And he's guaranteeing it with his own life. Never entertain discouragement. Don't look to man. Look to him. Let your expectations be from him. If you're looking to people, they'll disappoint you. And they, that's just, we are not perfect. We don't know how to do We don't even have all the resources that you need for your life. Man doesn't have it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. He wants this promise because you are a child of Abraham. And that's who you are. You need to carry yourself that way. Refuse to be discouraged. Stay away from people who talk discouragement. Get in the closet with your God and encourage yourself. No matter, he's looking out for you. I'm reminded of, of David. David was out there and his, his troop, his children, unprotected with his wives. And the Amalekites came and got them in Ziglag. The Amalekites came and got them. But God knew they were coming. And not one soul was killed. He was looking out for David. The covenant, the promise of Abraham was in place in the life of Abraham. 
you can't touch his property. Amen. He got everything back. But in the face of discouragement, he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what we need to be doing. Encourage yourself. Don't get discouraged, especially when you're doing something God's called you to do. There are times for discouragement. You got to encourage yourself. And don't look with your eyes at the things that you're seeing in the natural. Look with your spiritual eye into the word of God and tell your God, I'm over that. Greater is he that is in me than the one who is planning all this stuff in the world. I'm over that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because he is with me. That's just the truth. You know, in, 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 in uh, Romans chapter 10, he says, God is rich unto all who call upon his name. You don't, you, you don't, there is no subtraction with God. And he says, God is giving you a blessing and he says, let me check what's left. In case too many people show up and I don't have enough. There is no subtraction with God. He's always there for you. And all God's living today for his children. That's what Angel and I were living for our children. And what God's called us for. Today, God's living for his children. And he wants more children. <laughs> so he, he's, he's so full of what he has to give. He, he says, if I pour it on all of it, I need more people to pour it on. Because there is not a shortage of supply with God. He wants to, you to know he wants the promise, his promise for your life assured for you. And you need to assure yourself, nobody can touch me. You remember the song, Can't Touch This? And I've gone back there again. <laughs> All right. When you're going through this chorus, Get that song in your head. I don't care. Doom, doom, doom. Can't, <laughs> can't touch this. If, I can't dance like that fellow, but I'll be doing it in the room until my wife shows up and I quit. Don't want to see her. See me making a fool of myself dancing like MC Hammer, but that song's good. <laughs> can't touch this. When Satan is coming with all his oppression, <laughs> I said, it's just like a duck. Your water is going to fall off. And I keep singing my song, can't touch this. I think that song is a real spiritual song. <laughs> uh, um, I notice what God's doing, and I believe it's for our church, because every week, all of a sudden, God begins to show me what to do in direction. We're talking about growing into maturity and going into where God's calling us to do. Today, I'm going to start a series titled Secrets to Your High Place. Secrets to Your High Place. Secrets to Your High Place. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3, the scripture says, You have Skirted this mountain long enough. Turn, turn northward. You have hogged this mountain for your protection, for your security, for your peace. You're saying, God, 
I am satisfied. I just feel good. I just want to stay here. Just like Peter, James, and John. Lord, let's build you three tabernacles. And let's just stay here. And I'm going to hug. God says, you have been around this mountain too long. It's time to move on. Forward, Matt. Let's move on. It's time to move on. We need to move on. I need to say this, that God delights in secrets. God delights in secrets. And the Lord spoke to me today, when people keep secrets, the secret is in the dark, right? I never heard this before, but I'm sure the Spirit spoke that to me. When God keeps secret, he keeps it in the light. God's secret is in the light. It's blinding light. And to access that secret, you have to come with light, not natural light. Because with natural light, you can't get into God's secret. You need divine light. And the light shines, once you obtain that secret, that's light, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. When you get a hold of God's secret, you have gotten a hold of light. And you are going to be free. God delights in secrets. He loves to keep things in secret. But there's another part of God. He also loves to reveal secrets. And he reveals his secret to only those who are searching for his secret. When God reveals his secret to you, your life can never be the same. Even if you're seven years old and God chooses to reveal his secret to you, your life can never be the same. God is a God of secrets. He keeps things secret, but he reveals his secret to those who need to know, who want to know his secret. Now, I've started many things are coming together for me. A lot of things are coming together for me. Who wrote Genesis? Moses did. Abraham was before Moses. Possibly Abraham didn't know how God created the world. That secret was given to Moses. You know what Moses asked God? I want to see your face. I want to be right there with you. I want your presence. And we'll come into that. I'm just giving you introduction. I want to see your face. He was the first man that asked for that. God said, you, you don't know what you, you die. You can't, you can't do that. But I'll tolerate you. Okay? God, Moses is saying, I want to see the secrets. Amen? I want to go in deep. I, I want to know everything. Give it, give it to me. And we don't know when God told Moses the story of the creation of the world. We don't. But I believe it was in a secret place. That's why the Bible says, when you need to see, seek God, go into your secret place. 
to meet with your father who sees and hears in secret. And there in secret, he'll reveal secrets. And when you come out, he rewards you how? Openly. These are revelations from the word of God. I pray you hold on to it and see what God will do with your life. I believe God's showing me a lot and I'm going somewhere. And you're going with me, amen? We're going somewhere. In Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. In other words, God likes to keep secrets. Them is, he holds on to them. The mind. That's who he is. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed, they belong to us and our children that we may do all the works of this law. Now, he talks about the secret, the things that are revealed as if they are things that you can handle, right? The things that are revealed belong to us. It's like your car, right? It's when God reveals a secret to you, it's a tangible thing, spiritually, that you can take for yourself and you will benefit from it and your children and your children's children will benefit from the secret even to the 10th generation, according to the word of God. And you know, God washes over his word to perform it. And no word of God falls to the ground. None of it. So we need to put these things together and begin to understand. First, God loves you. You're the ones that he was talking about, the things that are revealed. He wants to reveal those things for you and when you, to you. And when you receive those things, they are tangible things to change situations in your life, in the natural. They will change your life. They will change your life. They will change everything. First of all, it starts from your spirit being where you lose the fear and you gain so much trust for God. And no matter what's going on, you know God's with me. I got nothing to fear. That's the important thing about this. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, verse 2, it says, it is the glory, again, notice why God wants to keep secret. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. God gets some kind of satisfaction, don't understand it, don't ask me, is to his glory to conceal a matter. He doesn't want anyone to know. He keeps it to himself. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. The, that gives him glory. Amen? It tells us that very clearly. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Why is God concealing it? There is a, that's one part of God. But then there is another part of God that wants to reveal it to those who are searching to know the matter. That is concealing. It's for, their, for God's glory when he conceals it, but when he reveals it to you, it's for your glory. That's what he says. But to the glory of kings, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. A matter for God, a matter for the kings they're searching. You know, Jesus is the king of kings. We're not talking about President Obama. You are the kings. Amen. He's made us priests and kings. 
Jesus is the king of kings. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But, notice the word but, the glory of kings to search out the matter that God's concealing. And he wants to reveal them to you. If once you get a hold of it, your life is never going to be the same. That's why Paul says, I, I never cease to pray for you. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that you know the hope of your calling. There is a hope to your calling. Your calling is not an empty calling. There is a hope to your calling. I need to recognize there is a hope to my calling. The calling that God has given Angel and I is bigger than just the calling for the Ark Fellowship. We are to reach the world because that's what he called us. Yes, from the Ark Fellowship, we are able to do it. And I'm not going to shrink from that. I got to know the hope of his calling. But you don't look to man for it. I got to look up to him. I got to keep trusting in him till the very end. Never giving up till the very end. Because I'm trusting in him. And I'm going to look at the things that I see with my eyes. Because that can change in a moment. It can change in one day. God can do it. And I got that hope in God. Because God's depositing that in our spirit. Amen. Something that came to me. <laughs> something that came to me. How much God. He said God has poured out his love. Into our hearts. He poured that out. Into us. Every one of us. And so I, I, this morning I was dancing. I, I'm full of the love of God. I can't help myself. I'm full of it. <laughs> That's a bad way in America, but <laughs> the love of God, I mean. <laughs> okay. Thank you, brother. <laughs> but it is the glory of God. He loves us. How else will God pour his love into your heart? I mean, when you talk about pouring his love, that's baptism. You have been baptized with God's love. There's nothing that you're doing in your life. He loves you every time he sees you. He can't, I mean, you have been baptized with his love. He says in the scripture that God has poured out his love into our hearts. We are full of God's love. When he sees us, he sees his love. And they connect. Especially when you are seeking his will in your life. He'll protect you with his life. And wants to reveal secrets. But what we're talking about is the principles of the word of God. Remember, he came full of grace and truth. The grace is what we're living. That's our spiritual life. The truth is what sets us free on, on the earth where we live. So Satan doesn't harass us and cause us to suffer shame. And Mary was going to that scriptures. That scripture is in Isaiah 54. He says that God says you won't suffer shame. I won't allow you to be disgraced. So Satan can do everything he wants to do. He will not, he's not able to, dis, so, to cause me to suffer disgrace. It's not possible. And that's my confession all the time. I will never suffer shame. I will never suffer disgrace. Because of my own doing, no. Because of who I know, he's going to keep me. And the Bible says, whatever you commit to him, he is able to keep until that day. I'm not going to suffer shame. My family won't suffer disgrace. 
Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 again talks about how God conceals things but for those that's what we talk about those who are he has poured his love into your heart as it is written I has not seen again no natural eye has seen nor hear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the natural man the things that God himself has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? Oh, yes. He poured his love in your heart. If you say you don't, you're a liar. <laughs> because God cannot lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. He's poured his love. But you see, he has prepared things for you. Not just spiritual things. Did the scripture say spiritual things? The spiritual things that God has prepared for us? Is that what it says? No. The things that God has prepared for us. Everything that God has prepared for us. But you see, God keeps them in secret for you because you love him. And he wants to reveal them to you. Because they are not yours until they are revealed to you. There's only one way to receive things from God. It's only by faith. And you have no faith without revelation. You can't have faith without revelation. It's the knowing of the truth that delivers you. The knowing of the truth is what gives you the faith. Once you receive revelation, instantly, at the same time, faith comes in. Once you receive the word of faith, you receive faith. And once you receive that, you can receive from God. And faith works through love. But God has poured his love up into your heart. So once you have faith, the love is already there to work with your faith to obtain the promise. And that's the promise of Abraham. That's why I believe the Bible says we are more than conquerors. Through him who loves us. We are way more. Romans chapter 8. We are more than conquerors. And we have to carry ourselves that way. So Satan knows we are not afraid of him. And I told Michael the other day. We are not afraid. We know his devices. We are not unaware of his, dev his devices. We know his tricks. So it's you again Satan. It's you again. I recognize you. But not with fear. It's recognizing knowing who I have with me. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Lift your head up. You have been around that mountain too long. Sometimes people get comfort from the things that they are suffering. Because people are telling them, oh, we're sorry. We're praying for you. We're doing this for you. Oh, and he says, keep, keep, keep giving me that. And then they get a call from the brother. Oh, I'm just thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And then you keep wanting that. That's the way. There's a time to be there. But there's a time to get out of that place. You got to tell Satan, no more. I'm not staying here with this mountain. I'm getting out. I'm going northward. Not southward. I'm going northward. I'm going to the next place. I'm going to the next level. I'm going to get my church. 
Nobody's going to hold me down. And when God's telling you to move, that's the time to move. Forward march. Let's go. Let's go. Let God do it for us. That's where we're going. That's where the Ark Fellowship is going. I can see it with the eyes of my spirit. We're going somewhere. I'm telling you, we're going somewhere. And if you doubt it, uh, it will be like the man that went to uh, the prophet Elijah. He says you will see it, but you won't taste it. God forbid, you know you taste it. <laughs> but we're going. I'm very confident of that. And you know something that I know? I think somewhere in my spirit and, and your spirit also, I believe I, I've got the strength. I'm not going to go weak. Until my mind says, yes, I'm happy now, I'm, I'm satisfied. No, I will always have the strength because God has an assignment on my life, and I know it, and my wife's life we will always be strong. I believe God. I don't like discussing these things with people because sometimes people, don't, they can't, and they, you, people cannot understand. I just don't like discussing it, but I can say it here. I really believe my wife and I, we're going to be strong. And age is not going to be an issue for us. Amen. I'm going to be tough. Amen. <laughs> I'm not talking about Angel. I'm talking about myself. Okay. <laughs> I want to go back home tonight, okay? <laughs> uh -huh. But God wants to reveal his secret to you. And that will transform your life. Is, I'm, I'm digressing from as the Lord is showing me, but we, we need to take these things very seriously. He tells us, he will renew our strength, right? He's not kidding. He's not just talking. That's what's wrong with us. When we become religious, those words, words sound, that sounds nice. No, I just don't want that nice. I want it for me now, right now to work in my life. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said they are spirit and they are life. If God can bring life to dead bones and make them a mighty army, Hey, I'm ready to go. <laughs> put it on me. And may he put it on you in Jesus' name. So you stand up. That's just the truth. He has things for you. Reserved for you. That's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. God has things reserved for you and your family. To take care of you and your family. That's what he says. He says, no evil will come near your dwelling. Psalm 91. Very clear. And I believe that. No evil will come near my dwelling. I do everything to protect myself in the natural. But when, because there is a God, I got angels standing all the time over there. They've been sent to minister for me, for those who are called to be heirs of salvation. It's real. If God's real, you got angels. I'm telling you now, you have angels. And some angels have been around you wondering, God, what are we doing with this fellow? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Because it's as flaky as they come. <laughs> Not those of you here tonight. They are all out there. But when God talks about things that I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, these are precious things, right? And he's reserved that for his children. He kept them secret so that his children will look for them and get a hold of them for their glory on this earth. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says. We need to believe these things. 
we need to speak these things to ourselves and encourage ourselves and refuse to be discouraged. I think it's a test when God allows you to go through discouragement, discouraging times, difficult times, tough times. God's testing you if you're going to yield to that discouragement. And if he, you yield to it and cry, pastor will call you and pray for you, but you're going around the wilderness another time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you got to be strong. You remember what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. God doesn't want weakness. He says, let the weak say, don't even say weakness from your mouth. That's what he's saying. Don't you dare say it from your mouth. Well, pastor, I feel weak. You want me to lie? Well, God says, say, you're strong. Who is the liar? Who is going to hold you accountable? The one who holds everyone accountable say, don't say weakness. Say you're strong even when you feel weak. Amen. Who's going to hold you accountable? If God said you spoke the truth and the whole world said you lie, who is right? If God says today is Sunday, we better have Aaron up here again for praise and worship. It's Sunday. Because he said it. We need to believe the scriptures. We really need to believe the scriptures. God has given you a privilege. Don't misuse it. And don't overlook it. Don't neglect it. Paul says don't neglect the gift that is in you. Remember that? He says tears up the gift. You have been given a privilege. And to you, God sees you as a, a very special human being from the rest of the world. He sees you, everyone hearing my voice tonight. And I'm telling you the truth before God. I don't, I'm not lying to you. God sees you as a very special human being. He sees you that way. And he has things for you that he wants to show to you. But you have to search them out. It is the glory of kings to search out a matter. In, in uh, Mark chapter 4 verse 11... It says, Jesus speaking to you. Everyone says, that's me. He's talking to me. Can you say that? He's talking to me. Jesus is talking to me. To you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is not the kingdom of this world right now. You are a part of, the, of God's kingdom and God's kingdom has dominion over the kingdom of this world. Because he is God. So when you know the secrets of the kingdom of God, you will have dominion on the earth. You will. That's what it tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 17. If you've received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, he says these things are given to you so that you may rule. Reign in life. Is that not what it says? Romans 5, 17, I believe it says that. To reign in life. Through Jesus Christ. To you it has been given to know these secret things that God's keeping to himself. But he sees you as a special human being on the earth. And he's giving you the right and the privilege to know this secret for your glory. To lift your head up. 
To you it has been given to know the mystery, mystery of the kingdom of God. That's the secret. But those who are outside, all things come in parables. They won't understand it. It won't benefit them. Paul said to Timothy, these things that have come to you in the word of God, the revelation that your profiting might be apparent to everybody. You profit from the word of God and all eyes will see it because he reveals it to you in secret and you are rewarded openly. That's just the truth. I'd like to read this scripture and I'm going to quit because my time is up. And we'll continue on this next week because and this is just introduction. I'm going to the secrets to your high place. There's something I want to talk to you about that. And if you take, take it to heart, if you're here tonight, come back next week. Some ad, right? No, kidding. But I really need you here because you need to hear the word of God. There are things that you can do that will get you. It's not by works. If you're willing to do it, you got grace from God. That's all that is because God has poured out his grace upon our lives. If you can't hear it, the grace is not yet in operation. It may be there, but it's not operation. But when you hear it, everything I do is by grace. If I'm praying, it's because I got grace to pray. It's not thing to please God. I'm, God's already pleased with me. I know he's already. I don't pray to make God pleased with me. He's already pleased with me. The grace of God and because of the pleasure he has in my life is what driving me to seek his face. When, when, you're, when God's pleased with you, like David was God with David, David wants to be in his presence. He comes and says, you know, like a deer pants. Remember that scripture? He wants to be in the presence of God. That's just the way it is. If you don't feel that, the grace is not in operation in your life. David wasn't trying to impress anybody. It was a drive inside him. He doesn't feel complete unless it is. that's just the grace of God on a man's life. Amen? That's what it is. That's what it is. This scripture is so important. I pray that God shares this with you. This is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. And it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you. In fact, if you read another scripture, he rejoiced in his spirit. Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. And he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden. Again, notice how God hides things. He says, you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in your sight. That's the way he likes it. To reveal it to us. To reveal these things to us. The same scripture we can read in, um, in um, uh, Luke 10. When the disciples came back, the 70 came back. That's when he said Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. And he was thanking his father. That this is the way God has wanted it. That's why I say to you, you have been chosen by God. And you are very special to him. Because even the very wise in the world, very successful, God has not allowed into his personal secret. He hasn't allowed that. But he's allowed you. But God doesn't reveal his secret to you for nothing. His secret will change your life. It will make you fearless about life. 
Where you're going, when you go to him, you're fearless. You're fearless here too. You're afraid of absolutely nothing. You know, thank God, there was a time I wish I was back in the days when I was newly saved. Because I was totally, based on what I knew, I knew there was God. I was fearless. And then they gave me religion in church. No kidding. <laughs> and I became fearful. But at that, those early days, I was absolutely fearless. And uh, in my country, we fear voodoo doctors, especially the one everyone is talking about in town. We fear them. But at that stage, I was absolutely fearless. I was even praying for an opportunity to confront one of them. And I confronted one. And believe me, I have seen, by the grace of God, I've actually seen chains on my hand and on my leg. They were off my body by the next morning. Voodoo doctor was afraid. He was just a few days old as a Christian. I know my mother and my brothers will tell you about the same story today. They had my hands chained. They had my leg. I had written in my book. They had my leg chained to the world. That's how they chained mad people. I was like one of them because that's the way they thought. I was crazy. So they took me there for treatment. And I, the same thing I've heard in scriptures. The, the, right the next person, he couldn't see me on the other side, but I can hear him saying, prophesying in his uh, demon that doubts this child of God. I didn't pay him attention. I wanted off the chains. But God took those chains off my head. By the next day, I was completely free from those chains. And they sent me out. And you think that I will really stand up and be strong in the Lord. No, I still need to know the word of God. That was grace. At the early stage of my Christian work. Sometimes I got to remind myself, go back, that there is nothing impossible with God. There's nothing he cannot do. At least in my little life, I've seen a little bit. And that's very little. But I'm not satisfied. This is not a game. Well, Angela and I are not pastor in the church because we feel like pastoring. No, it's not a business. This is reality. And God's with us. I know he is. And we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. And every one of you is coming with us. And God's going to use us greatly to touch Cyprus, to touch Houston, and go into the world. Amen? God's going to do that for us. Stand up with me this morning. Morning? This evening. Well, it's morning, no kidding. <laughs> when you get too excited, you miss everything. <laughs> but I want you to get excited about your future. Amen? Amen? There is a future. You got a future. And, and you can spend time. Sometimes God will move you and you feel like praying. Don't ever hold back. When you feel like praying at that time, it's going to last for a short period. That's the Lord calling you. He wants to talk to you. If you obey, maybe for that five, ten minutes, the transaction can change your life. But if you insist, I'm tired, I want to go to sleep, you missed your opportunity. He may you come around again. But when God noticed that every time he wants, you are right there, he's found a friend. God is looking for a man. Remember that? To bridge the gap. He's still looking. He's looking for one man who's going to listen to him and be af not be afraid of what people think and how people feel. If he's found that man, he's going to do business. Our greatest fear is what people are thinking and how they feel about you. Whether they like you 
Some, my conclusion is they'll like you today, hate you tomorrow, like you again. Don't matter. You do what is right. That's just the way. Do what is right. Forget people. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord today. He's here with us. And, and, and let him know that you believe what he says. That the one who is in you is greater. And if God is in you, he's in you for purpose. And if that purpose is not little. That purpose is great. Don't ever look down on yourself. You are a child of God, a woman of God, a man of God. God wants to do, wants to do extraordinary things with your life. That's the way I want everybody in the Ark Fellowship to think. God wants to do extraordinary things in your life. So when I share what I, God did in my life, that's not me. I'm not special. He wants to do extraordinary things in every life that's hearing my voice here today. And if all of us begin to believe that, watch out, Cypress. Watch out, Houston. Watch out, world. We're coming. And that's what God's going to do for us. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people right now as they're hearing my voice. I believe that they are hearing the word of faith and that the word of faith is right now in their mouth and in their heart, they'll speak the word of faith, they'll speak to these mountains, and they are going to be so free, according to your word. They are free indeed, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the great hunger for your word and for the things of the Spirit of God that you are pouring upon the Ark Fellowship right now as we are going to our high place as we are going right now to another level, we will no longer be children tossed to and fro. We are ready for work. We are ready for ministry. Satan, you watch out. We're coming. And there's nothing you can do because God is with us. And if God be for us, no one can be against us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your presence in our life. We cannot go anywhere without you. We constantly demand and ask for your presence. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you.